Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party and Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? All things considered, pretty good, Shay. Little stressed with work. Mm -hmm. This is a big podcast week for us. We have a lot of fun stuff going on, but yeah, happy to be here again, as always. Yeah, you can always count on a little third party recording session on a Tuesday afternoon in Seattle, Washington. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's good, but definitely a lot of stuff going on around the third party. You know, a lot of extra stuff this week, invitational, some other fun activities and yeah, work's been crazy. So we got a fun one though. Today we are going over a lot of news that's come out in Apex lately as we kind of took a news week off last week for travel purposes. Uh, but before we do that, if you want a question answered, ask it in our Discord channel man, for questions or leave it in the form of a five-star review and Apple podcast. Guarantee it makes its way on the show. Follow us on Twitter at Kirk Rudoche and at HB Burson. And let's dive into the fun stuff. <laughs> Yeah, Twitter is trying to go off for us. You know, that's a big platform. That's where all the, the big Apex names are, it seems. Uh, but if you want to support the show, we have a Patreon page. And not only do we just have a page where you can support the show, connect with other listeners, join us community, but we are also Patreon ambassadors. So... We like to think that means we have a pretty cool page with lots of benefits. We get to see features early, and it's a pretty cool place to hang out and kind of see what's going on with the show, but also what are the cool things that Patreon is doing. So if you mm -hmm. want exclusive access to merch, you want exclusive access to our tournament, you want behind-the-scenes episodes, ad-free episodes, the list goes on and on. You can check it out. There's a link in our description in the bio of all of our all of our socials, uh, yeah, third-party Patreon page is where it's at. Well, you talked about it a little bit, but dive further into it. We got the third-party invitational coming up. What are the details? What should we expect? Yeah, really coming up here. Uh, we were planning out pretty early in advance this time, but it's finally here, October 21st. We will be streaming this on Twitch uh, if everything goes well. Shay and I <laughs> will be side by side, locally streaming with hopefully a webcam on. We'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. um, and that will be on Twitch. We'll be going live at the latest 5.30 uh, p.m. PST. Um, could be a little before that, but we'll see how technology treats us uh, when the day comes. It's always a good time streaming and running into as many challenges as possible. But yeah, 5.30, going to be a blast at Third Party Pod on Twitch. And keeping it pretty casual is the plan right now, guys. Don't expect us to come in and be able to drop the play-by-play. -play. These cameras are not easy to control on the viewing side of things. So we'll, we'll do our best, but uh, you know, it's going to be a fun time. Stop by, ask questions, we'll chat. It'll be fun. With that, though, let's dive into the news. First piece of news, and the big piece of news, new season name confirmed, Eclipse. Season Eclipse. Are you hyped for this coming season, Henry? You liking the colorways, all that good stuff that we got going on? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird, because in the last few weeks, I've gotten really into the moon. Like, 
at night, I will just look out the window and stare at the moon. And I'll be honest, I don't really believe that we went to the moon. Okay. I'm not, <laughs> no, like, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it just seems so crazy. Like it's very far away. And somehow yeah. people are saying that we went there, which blows my mind. I love the moon. I love eclipse. I oh, am shop. excited for the season. <laughs> I I don't really know. It just seems unbelievable. That's all I'm saying. It's that an extraordinary go feat. It's an extraordinary it feat. Is but I'll, I'll believe. I'll believe whoever is in charge. <laughs> but it just seems amazing. To Henry me. said, so "I'm, I'm geared to be up. a cog in the system." You know. Yep. Just- <laughs> happy. I'll just keep paying my taxes and nodding my head with with glee. Oh man, um, I don't know how we got onto that, but uh, we we got cool information and we got a lot of good news. The first of which is we got the newest legend confirmed: Catalyst. A little description came with this confirmation. Catalyst is the experienced terraformer and defensive conjurer. Tressa Smith uses her remarkable control of ferrofluid to manipulate the battlefield. This is also the first trans character in Apex Legends, which is really cool. Apex, I think it's just, we've talked about it before, but always leading the way in representation and seeing how the community kind of comes together around that and how much it means for people to me is one of the coolest things to see with this game. Makes me very happy to kind of have an Apex show and be able to be so heavily linked to this game at least. Yeah, it's great. I think it's really important to to have that representation. We've seen how powerful it is and I think we both just got lucky too because Apex is a game that attracted us because of the gameplay, but the community is also so vibrant and welcoming. So, yeah. We lucked out. I'm also proud to to be involved in the community with the show. Um, this new legend though, is it time for us to talk a little bit about the kit or first reactions to just that description? I mean, yeah. Talk about the description. We'll talk about her lore a little bit. We're going to talk stories from the outlands here in a little bit, but yeah, kind of based off of that, we didn't see anything in the stories from the outlands, which is why I didn't have them like linked Mm -hmm. together as I was talking about it right now. But Pharaoh fluid, control manipulate the battlefield this is a defensive legend from what we know so we're looking at some kind of you know probably object stuff and it's weird manipulate the battlefield opens the doors for a lot of things but generally we're looking at someone that's probably on that more defensive support side non-mobility how do you think about that kind of coming in potentially and where she fits I got a lot of thoughts and <laughs> there'll be plenty of time to get into it as we know more. And even once we get into the season and we can start drawing true parallels, but mm-hmm. I, I think it's fascinating. The idea of adding artificial cover as the mainstay of a legends kit. We've seen it have differing levels of success from Gibraltar to Rampart, to Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a big question mark. Um, whether or not this will be a legend that is popular, the first instinct is no. You know, mm-hmm. defensive legends that do create this cover can be very, very valuable. I love all three of those legends, but they don't stay at the top yeah. of the meta. So we'll see. I'm kind of expecting to be surprised a little bit with this one. Um, but there's always, a, I think, a question mark around the idea of adding artificial cover to the battlefield 
Yeah, it's just, it's so interesting. And it's fascinating to kind of, you know, we're going to figure out and see hopefully the next week or so how she works and how she defers herself from those other legends. And it's like, I think my my hope, you kind of talked about popularity. I think the last thing I'll say to kind of like wrap up the thought on her is I just hope after seeing how much of a maybe push and buff they had to make to Newcastle the season after he released, I hope we get a stronger release from this legend, someone that yeah. feels like they can compete from the get-go a bit more. Um, versus, you know, there's obviously a there was a place for Newcastle. People wanted to make it work, but it wasn't until we kind of got that extra elevation that I think people kind of gave him more attention uh, than what he was looking at on launch. Totally true. I think that for the most part, over the last year and a half, we've had pretty strong releases of Legends, mm-hmm. um, but Newcastle definitely. I think had the most tuning uh, after the fact yeah. in terms of hit points and cooldown. Um, so we'll see kind of yeah. where Catalyst uh, falls upon release. I think potentially the more exciting thing, though, and the thing that we're going to all experience a lot more is we have a new confirmed map in Boreas's Shadow, the newest home of the Apex Games, Gleams. New map. Something we've been thinking about for a while. I can't wait till we get to dive into it during the season and talk about what does it mean for map rotations, when will we see maps again, all that kind of fun stuff. Are maps going to be removed ever permanently? The questions that it will ring are going to be great. But until then, let's talk about what we kind of know. What we know is that we've had a lot of social media teasers leading to this reveal. So I think if you follow Apex closely over the last week and a half, kind of can hint towards this. Henry, you even noted that it was hinted at pretty heavily in the quest, early on in the quest, and that was a long time ago uh, this season. But I think one of the cool things is we also got a small peek at the new map, aka that lobby loading screen for the new season through a recent blog post. And the takeaways for me was crazy nature, like lots of nature and Very colorful, interesting sky with asteroids, all this kind of fun stuff. But coming back to that nature a little bit, it was, to me at least, looked, it was that interesting combo of like, it wasn't like, oh, you're on a forest in Earth. It was that alien nature, if that makes sense, and how that's built, which is always so cool to see in kind of sci-fi stuff. And so I'm fascinated to see how that's going to play and look on this map. But any takeaways off that, maybe one picture we're probably referring to that you'd want to focus on? Yeah, my first reaction was it looks unlike any of the other maps. You know, I think even though we do have that nature element, this is not the forests of Kings Canyon or the, the tropical forests on Storm Point or even the artificial environments uh, on Olympus. It all almost seems like it'll be very negative you know darker colors the purples and going alongside a legend who appears to have you know this pharaoh fluid we'll get into it but it looks darker so i think color scheme wise it could be on the darker side of a map and i think that's a pretty cool idea mm-hmm. to, and we'll see if if that actually comes to to be but that was my assumption off yeah. of the one still that we saw I, I, honestly, I don't want us to like just w- let's talk about Boreas a bit as a whole because I don't want to spend too much time theorizing because mm-hmm. just with how our releases are lining up, it looks like if you're listening to this on Wednesday, there's going to be an in-game teaser today, 
going maybe through the map, maybe some something in game with the map. So maybe we'll have more information. I don't want us to be in a place where we're theorizing about what it looks like, and then everyone's totally. like, "Oh, wow, how wrong were these guys?" But yeah, the, the in-game teaser is coming from the Golden Ticket event and replicators that happened last week. And I think I just we didn't get to talk about it last week. What were your thoughts on kind of that in-game Golden Ticket thing? How it worked, the implementation into the game, the gold guns, all that fun stuff. Any strong thoughts on that one? I love it. You know, I love it. Mm -hmm. I think that the replicator is so important. I think we were both a little bit surprised that this wasn't uh, a feature that was in ranked. Yeah. You could only do it in in the Play Apex uh, playlist. Um, but I love it. I thought they brought more attention to replicators, which was extremely deserving. We're both big advocates of using them. And it was also awesome to craft a, a gold weapon, but also get this key to a bit of a teaser. I think mm-hmm. it's a really cool idea, and I know the people listening are probably already ahead of us now, but I'm looking forward to seeing what the payoff is as well. Yeah, 100% agreed. Couldn't have said it better. But let's answer this question. You know, we have in Boreas's or Berea, I don't, I don't know how to say. It. I'm going with Boreas, but in Boreas's shadow, the newest home of the Apex Games Gleams. It's in the shadow. And so I think that kind of leads to this thought of the moon. That's what we see in the stories from the Outlands. But obviously, Boreas is involved. And so what is Boreas? Because that's a map, or not a map, but that's a planet that we're used to. So for the, the bit of the lore description, Boreas is a planet in the Outlands. It has a very robust textile industry, which leads to a ubiquity of moths throughout the planet's culture, traditions, and even their superstitions. Uh, and then that leads into the, a famous folktale, the Moth and the Flame, which is something we know from Seer's origin. That's well known on the planet. In 2708, a meteor struck its moon Cleo and shaved off a significant portion of the moon's landmass. The rapidly deteriorating conditions of the moon is stated to cause many disasters on Boreas, including regular meteor showers on Boreas's surface and atmosphere, Disturbance in the planet's tides, rising temperatures at the poles, plummeting temperatures at the equator, and rapidly spreading food shortages and destruction. Reports have stated that if nothing is done, Boreas will be unlivable in 50 to 70 years. Furthermore, the planet is shrouded in mystery, as Octane was even unaware of its existence until Loba informed him of its existence herself. Loba also kind of has more connections, hinting as it's a secretive place uh, she describes her business deals there as quite tentative, and the planet really only gained prominence for us in lore and in the actual universe itself with the introduction of Seer into the Apex Games as his home planet. An interesting, interesting planet and a sad story, like no doubt yeah. about it. Um, thoughts from the lore and maybe how we could see that coming into the games it, with it being a planet that's not on the map but so closely related an interesting relationship <laughs> yeah it really is um you know we've talked about this i think for every map release on this podcast but the, the idea of weather or the varying climates i think comes up when you start hearing about uh environment at least the the main planet has ecological issues meteor showers they're having disasters happening all the time could that play a role in a playable map just like the most recent battlefield game 
Very unlikely. Don't think we're going to be seeing that, but it will definitely play a role in some of the design or the lore surrounding that. So I think that's a, an important note to make. Yeah. I think we'll talk a bit more about Boreas in the future, but let's go right into the stories from the Outlands because there's a pretty strong connection, obviously, to this. And this is our latest stories from the Outlands, and it features the newest legend, Catalyst. And kind of the description of this and just the overall summary is that the shattered moon of Boreas needs help, but when Tressa, Tressa and her friend disagree about the best way to save Cleo, the consequences will change lives forever. And so this was a very interesting story from the Outlands. Opens with Catalyst kind of in the more prominent base of this new map with Rampart discussing things, kind of using these crystals to tell the future and past and learn more about. A very interesting character and lots of fun lore is going to come there, I'm sure. Uh, but then we kind of flash back to how she got here. Weird distinction being... We don't actually know how she got there, but we see some of her history with her and her friends kind of hanging out. We see that Cleo, this planet, has a strict curfew, that Hammond's kind of like running this place for the most part. And we see Catalyst and her friend try and sneak into a Hammond base to do something. I mean, Catalyst doesn't really know what they're going to do, but obviously her friend does, which is plant a bomb kind of blow up some ham and stuff, make a statement or something. Uh, we see a little fight with a Spectre. Spectre was scary with charge rifle, by the way. That uh, thing did not mess around. We probably saw a little peek at what ferrofluid is, but we didn't actually see Catalyst interact with the ferrofluid and how she maybe got to be a legend, per se, and how she got any abilities or powers. But a very interesting story from the Outlands. And it plays in with a lot of teasers on social media we've been getting about, you know, saving the planet. And I think this is really going to be the theme of the map and season is, you know, save the planet. This kind of maybe fight back against Hammond because Hammond is there maybe saying that they're doing stuff to help, but nothing's getting better. And so they're obviously not. They're doing something for their own game. What was your kind of reaction to the trailer, though? So I'll just say the first off, Catalyst's friend is crazy. <laughs> like I'm all about sticking it to Hammond. I'm all about like saving the planet. That's mm -hmm. good. But the fact that she didn't clue in her friend to yeah. the fact that they're about to do something not only illegal, mm -hmm. but very dangerous. And they almost died. They almost like it seemed she like might she almost have. blew herself up. Yeah. Yes. Like, I'm not so, sure she's alive, honestly. <laughs> she's nuts and incredibly reckless. Um, but for the planet, freedom fighters. I mean, you could at least tell your best friend. <laughs> I just don't really know what, why not. Um, well, so that, that uh, yeah. was a pretty big uh, thing for me and my reaction. But then the very, very brief, as you mentioned, uh, depiction of the pharaoh fluid seemed to like destroy. A specter. Yeah. Um, so that is very curious. Mm -hmm. um, if this is corrosive or, it, I mean, it might be acidic, it might be magnetic. I don't really yeah. know how it operates, but it destroyed a robot. Yeah. So we'll see what it could do to a Pathfinder or <laughs> a human. We'll see. I, um, it was a really cool story from the Outlands. It was different, though, than I think what we're used to in terms of. I didn't, we didn't end the stories from the Outlands with, oh, here's this 
powerful legend and character. She's obviously shifted because we see what she looks like before she goes into this backstory. And then we come back to that time frame after. And she's a bit more extremely gothic. She's got something obviously with this pharaoh fluid based off the description, but we don't see that interaction, how it comes to be. So like we almost have to make assumptions. It's like if you uh, watch the newest Tom Holland Spider-Man movies and didn't watch one or two, like the Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire ones, didn't read the comic because they skipped like that he got bit by a spider. They don't show that. He just has powers. So it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, you obviously got from point A to point B somehow, but we didn't see it. Are we going to see it? Maybe we'll see it in like the next trailer. But I think it was quite interesting to kind of have it be set up in that way for the stories from the Outlands lore of this character. Yeah, and I think that is becoming a bit of a pattern where we look to the stories from the Outlands to be that backstory that fills in a lot of gaps. But it kind of just opens up a lot more questions, Mm -hmm. I feel like, uh, for the most part. I think with Vantage's mom and that kind of Mm storyline, that is very much unfinished and didn't get a whole lot of answers in the stories from the Outlands. So we'll kind of see, I think, but as a really good point that there's still assumptions being made just in basic character development uh, for Catalyst. It is interesting for sure. But anything else, I guess, about this trailer, Catalyst, lore, the map overall, any other thoughts before we kind of keep this rolling? We're going to be talking about a ton over this next week, I'm sure. So well, you'll get all of our thoughts, but if there's anything else you want to share, feel free. No, I think there'll be plenty of time, and the listeners probably know more than us already. So <laughs> Probably. Push on. Um, next piece of news, we had a new gifting feature appear in Apex Legends. Uh, and with the newest season of Apex, the game is launching a gifting system that allows players to send skins and bundles to Apex players that they have been friends with for at least two weeks. You can't gift Apex coins and you can't gift items from your inventory. So you have to buy something from the store and you can send it to someone. Any kind of first thoughts to this at all? Cool implementation and cool new feature. Yeah, that's something that I wasn't expecting us to get. Um, Definitely not this soon, but it's an amazing feature that Mm -hmm. I think is very much uh, demanded by the community. It definitely has a lot of good security uh, behind it, mm-hmm. making so you can't exploit it, um, which is important to just the game's integrity. But this is something that I'm looking forward to. I think sharing skins and buying gifts for friends and family through Apex is something that I've wanted to do for a while, and now I will be able to do so easily. And it won't matter you know, what platform they're on, because yeah. I think that's one of the big problems with people uh, that play on different platforms and want to give coins or skins whatever now you kind of have a a way to do that through the game itself yeah i wish we could give skins that we already have like i think that would be cool and i wish we could give coins straight up but and maybe that will come and this is kind of just the starting point but overall great addition and uh i might have to buy you a gibraltar skin or something now and you won't pull the trigger (laughs) yourself to test it out yeah Uh, for research and i will also just throw in like i'm happy that this was not in the patch notes. I'm happy this wasn't the big the big thing for this season. Um, like the yeah. big cool feature. Like they're willing to release this early, not really related to the game update itself. Um, and I think that's kind of a nice sign that, hey, this isn't like the level of thing that they were kind of relying on to create hype, which is something I think people have 
felt like Apex and Respawn have done in the past is like underwhelming bigger updates. We haven't always been on that side of things, but I know it's something that it seems like maybe they're actively trying to avoid with this one. (laughs) Totally. I think it's a really good sign and that's a great point. With that though, let's take a break, hear a quick word from our sponsors and dive into some five-star questions. Welcome back. Time to answer some questions, the first of which is coming from RecRaw. Five star. Hey, been playing since season five. Just found your pod. Loving it so far. Really making me feel like it's helping my ranked. Anyways, my question is I don't play with anyone. I play with randoms and generally do pretty well. But is there like a list of players you guys might have that are also looking for a decent player? I haven't checked out your Discord, to be honest. I don't know what it is. But if you guys know anyone, that would be dope. Also, I love all the tips. I usually main Bangalore, but also play Bloodhound. Great question. Really good question. Um, playing with randoms, we all know how it is. Kind of got to do it if you're if you're a diehard player. Um, you know, a list. I don't think we have on hand. If I did, I would probably be a happy guy <laughs> um, of players that are decent to play with. Uh, but I think extending that friends list, joining our Discord, is a really good step. Um, I think there's a lot of people that are active there that want to play with people that want to win and have a good time. So that would be my advice. Um, But there's also a lot of looking for groups out there, depending Mm -hmm. on your platform that you can tap into uh, to find some ranked grinders or whatever you're looking for. Um, Yeah. I think we'll see what happens with apex clubs, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe one day I was going to throw the shout out. I was going to say you could, if you really wanted to dive into the clubs and see if you find someone, but yeah, join the discord Links in the description. Uh, really easy. Just agree to the rules. Come in. All people talking about Apex and good stuff. Nice community. And we have a looking for group channel that you can specifically kind of post in there. You know, who you're looking to play with or respond to people that are already looking for teammates. Great community there. Next question coming from Sour Popsicle. Five stars. Thank you, Henry and Jay, for the best Apex podcast. I just found it a couple weeks ago and was instantly hooked. You have helped my gameplay immensely. Once again, thank you. My question is, how do I improve my aim? I am probably I play probably three to four times a week. I am also a Wraith main. Man, improving aim. Improving aim. What a question, honestly. And I think Henry and I are not going to go into the go get your aim labs spiel and all that kind of stuff. We normally say play more. Like that's the key is like the more you play, the better your aim is. The more consistently you play Apex, the better your aim is going to be. The less of other first person shooters you play, the better your Apex aim will be. Um, But if you're playing three to four times a week, that's a pretty good start. And so I think, you know, other tips on top of that is I'll just throw in one of the most common ones that I was kind of News to me when I joined the first person shooter community is low sense equals better aim. And playing on low sense is not a bad thing. Some of the best players in the world play on low sense. Um, and so, you know, not rocking your 8 8 to look cool and hit your flicks and do 360s and stuff, but, you know, rocking your 4 3, your 3 3 um, could help depending on where you're at right now. Just a little random one. What else do you have though? Yeah, I'm a big fan of that advice. Um, I am not someone that spends a lot of time in the firing range at all. I think that 
playing is the way to do it. Gun run is a really good mm-hmm. way to to warm up and really dial in that aim. I think this is the one case where arenas has a lot of value because you're able to get repetitions in. You're also able to select weapons to use in a live environment against other players. Um, the most like practical advice that may help you faster than anything else is just weapon selection. Mm-hmm. I would say avoid shotguns and avoid burst guns. Full auto and single fire weapons are just going to be way more consistent. Um, I think focusing in on weapons that are easy to control on the recoil is just going to instantaneously increase you know, your accuracy or your aim mm-hmm. um, because it'll be easier. So I think selecting better weapons like we talk about on this show um, is a really good way to overnight get a lot better because you're not forcing yourself to use the most difficult weapons in the game that require you to have a high degree of aim and game sense and restraint. Uh, so that's what I'll say. Um, but I think, like Shay said, it kind of just takes time in the chair, yeah. you know, getting those reps in. Great question, though. Uh, keep it rolling and uh, maybe play someone other than Wraith also. Um, next question. Three, two, one, have some fun. Henry's cracking up because I threw some shade at Wraith. Oh, man. <laughs> I love Wraith. I just had I to do it, it for the giggles from Henry. <laughs> Five-star question, though. Yeah, Henry does not like Wraith. <laughs> oh, God. Um, nope. Sorry. Okay. Question from 321. Have some fun. Uh, I've been listening to your show for I don't even know how many seasons. I come to you guys for news before I even go to Apex because you guys tell it how it is in detail and list unlisted details. Your advice for ranked play is great for my skill level and play style, usually duo Diamond Masters level. I also love that you guys don't give in the peer pressure on certain weapons and play styles, you know, ratting or charge rifles. My question for you guys, with the recent ammo changes for weapons like the Spitfire and Wingman, what other weapons would you change to another ammo type and why? Thanks and keep up the good work. Feeling good after that review. Feeling good. <laughs> Yeah, really hyping us up. Uh, yeah, thanks for that. Um, it is true about the unlisted details sometimes yeah. in the news and patch notes. It always shocks me because sometimes we find things that are like big deals. And well, it's, it's always crazy, crazy when it's like a weapon change or something. Did. Like when they change the damage on a yeah. weapon and it's not in the patch notes and you catch it. And I'm like, wait, what the heck? Why not? What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it when that stuff happens. Um, Weapons for a yeah, new ammo so type. So changing ammo. Mm-hmm. It's a good question. I mean, changing the the wingman to sniper means anything is possible. <laughs> you know, that really opens up the door. I think that the future of arrows is something that I've always been pretty skeptical of. Mm-hmm. And I think switching that out for something else could be possible in the future. Um, but that's a very fringe case. But to be honest, I think that at least the Spitfire change was not a good move and kind of just reversed a bias to heavy weapons to then light weapons. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that it was an amazing switch for the wingman because it was able to give it a subjective nerf without Mm -hmm. taking away direct power which i love is there another weapon that requires that at this time 
I don't really think so. So I think it was such a unique case. I don't see another opportunity to replicate it. And if it was up to me, I would not have done it to the Spitfire. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I think any change you make or request is kind of more just like a stylistic choice. Uh, and like, I guess maybe I would say do the RE45 or the P2020, make one of them a heavy uh, pistol. So you kind of have more of a balance between those classes and such. That's like one thing, but that's so minor. I, I can't think of any like sweeping changes like the wingman that would kind of make a drastic impact uh, in any way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, nothing kind of really comes to my mind. Yeah, good question, though. This mm -hmm. is something that I didn't think we would be discussing. I never thought it would happen. Uh, so it's a really cool topic to discuss, and it may come back. I don't know if this is a one-off this season. Yeah. But moving right along, next question coming from Chillin Crypto, their five-star review. Hey, guys, wanted to start off by saying this podcast is my favorite Apex podcast to listen to. I've been listening for the past few months, and I won't stop listening for a while. I am a crypto man, and I love him to death when it comes to pushing fights, but I've also been playing as Newcastle more lately, and I feel as though people should start using Newcastle in a different way other than just defense. Love to hear your guys' comments and opinions on it. Other questions are, do you think that the BOSEC should stay a permanent red weapon like the Kraber? Do you guys think it's pointless to snipe an Apex because gaining damage doesn't get you RP? Also, could you give us a percentage of how many players land in the ranks to help me and others have an idea of what percentage of players we are better than? Do you think they will make it easier to get heirlooms because I'm level 585 without one and my cousin is only 225 with one. Hashtag unlucky. So, sorry for all the questions. Don't worry about answering all of them. Thanks again for the great podcast. I love it. I love questions like this. I'm, I'm a rapid, rapid fire. fire them. Yeah, I'm a rapid fire them. Newcastle, I agree. Aggressive Newcastle is a great play style. I love it. We recommend it on Mastering the Legends. That ult is incredible movement. Maximize it. Use it. Um, bow check should it stay a permanent red weapon like the Kraber? Yes, unless you add more arrow weapons into the game. On its own, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Makes loot pool feel clunky. I like it being powerful in the spot it's in right now. But if you're going to add a crossbow or anything else, I think you could then throw it back on the ground. Uh, do you think it's pointless to snipe an apex? Uh, that, that's a little bit of a harder one. I still think sniping's valuable. I think you can steal a knock occasionally. I think you can get your Evo up, which makes those endgame fights easier for you. I think that just putting out damage, forcing people to fight, get into it, get weaker, there's value there. But I also understand the perspective of, you know, you're not going to get a lot of RP. So rather kind of be aggressive, close range, close out fights. Um, percentage of players or how they land in the ranks. I don't have that data, you know, on me right now at the top, but we'll do kind of like a rank summary if we get that feedback in the patch notes with the new season. Um, and then I don't think they're going to make it easier to get heirlooms, but I would love for them to do so. And yeah, you're right. Hashtag unlucky when the, the low level player nabs one and the long time player doesn't. Uh, it's a pain that I know a lot of people have felt in Apex Legends. Yeah, I'll add that the increased level cap does help. You know, those long-term players mm -hmm. get heirlooms faster just because more Apex packs. So that's something that's, you know, fighting for you and us uh, to get more heirlooms. Um, I will just say 
I think snipers are incredibly powerful in Apex. That yes, you're not you know focused on getting kills. Yes, in the middle and late game, it's all about that medium to close range in order to actually win and secure fights. But I, my three legends right now in ranked are Gibraltar, Rampart, and Loba. Those last two allow me to run a sniper whenever I want. And it is incredibly valuable. Yes, to leveling up the Evo, but also just maintaining pressure, maintaining your space, um, and conserving ammo and attachments that your teammates need as well. So I think sniping is definitely a good point in Apex to do. And to be honest, it's kind of easy. All the snipers are very powerful in this game, so you can't Mm -hmm. go wrong. Um, So yeah, I think definitely in ranked, it's worth using a sniper if if it happens you mm-hmm. know do you have to be always carrying a sniper no but if you're playing a legend i think like a rampart or a loba that allow you to, to have an extra minigun or allow you to use loba's ultimate to swap weapons uh at any stage of the game i recommend it they're good or play vantage and then you have your sniper yeah. at all times as well so yeah i think the only thing i say with in terms of snipers running when ranked I'm just always with the mind of don't run three of them. Don't have every single person on your team running a sniper. Then you will face some of the potential consequences of running snipers. But it's a team game. So good news is most of the time, not everybody on your team is going to want to run a sniper. Um, last question for the day, though, from Simply Kroll, a five-star. Sad to see Gun Run go. I was playing with a buddy of mine, and we couldn't help but notice our aim was significantly better during our ranked matches after playing some games of Gun Run. I feel like it should be a permanent game mode along with Control. Wanted to get your thoughts. Preach to the choir. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think about just the BR as a framework. You could go five to ten minutes without firing your gun. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. You get cool. That's like kind of sitting around doing nothing from a first-person shooter perspective. So gun run is the opposite of that. Keeps you in the action. Definitely gets more reps in. A wonderful way to warm up. Shay and I think it should 100% be in rotation as a permanent mode because it's fun and it's also just so great for locking down that aim just like you said yeah and and along with control as well i'd love to see it in there as a permanent mode those two would be a ton of fun i think people enjoy them and be able to have some great times some great times for sure that's going to wrap things up for us this episode though thanks so much to our producer the third party 10 who supports us on patreon hit the plus on apple drop a follow on spotify and check out the discord via the link in the description thank you so much for listening to the third party podcast catch you next time Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.